This episode of NXT was, in my opinion, one of the greatest episodes of the Capitol Wrestling Center era. Um, it hit on all cylinders tonight. It truly felt like NXT of old. We got a uh, championship match. I had a special guest referee. Well, I said referee. Special guest referee. We've seen some new faces. Um, the NXT women's division um, went out there and put on a great display of why a lot of people think that the NXT brand has one of the best, if not the best, women's division out there of all women's divisions. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling fans, welcome to Within the Ropes podcast. I am the host. I am your host, Brian Tronic, and we're here to review NXT tonight. And listen, <clears throat> I didn't have high expectations. I didn't really know. I was excited about um, Tyler Rust and Bobby Fish that was announced earlier on in the day. Um, and I was semi-excited for Karrion Cross versus Johnny Gargano. But I, again, I didn't know what to expect. I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going to happen. I know a lot of people talked about, you know, Karrion Cross maybe possibly going up to the main roster. Um, a lot of people felt as though this was the night he was going to lose the NXT championship to Johnny Gargano. <clears throat> but for those of you who know and who watched and saw, you saw exactly what I saw. That did not happen. It did not happen at all. Uh, Karrion Cross was 100% victorious, successful in retaining his NXT championship over Johnny Gargano. But it is what happened after the match. Um, this is why people probably had a must-see feel about tonight's episode of NXT. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that tonight's NXT was must-see. It just felt that way. It just felt that way. Um, but let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. We're going to review NXT. <clears throat> We're going to talk about what happened, and then I'm going to talk about, you know, what's, you know, some ifs, some ands, some whys, some maybes, and things like that. Um, they started the night off with Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. <clears throat> and for most of the match, Dakota Kai was in control, had a lot of rest holds. Um, they had one spot where Dakota runs over Ember. Ember then flipped out of a hip toss and lands a hip toss of her own. Dakota then slams Ember Moon down to the mat. <clears throat> Ember later surprises Kai with a roll up for a near fall. Uh, Dakota Kai locks in. Uh, or I'm sorry, locks up rather Moon in a straight jacket hold. Then Ember sends Dakota out of the ring. Ember then hits a dive, and Dakota Kai catches her with a strike. Dakota Kai then hits Ember Moon with a modified crossroads for a near fall. That was pretty cool. Um, then Dakota Kai goes up top. Ember Moon then cuts her off, and then hits an avalanche Rana. For another near fall, Dakota Kai then ties up Ember Moon in the ropes and then hits a rope-assisted GTK for the W. 
in what I thought was a very, very, very nice women's division match. Um, no shenanigans, no no interference, no nothing. Just a straight up match, straight up W for Dakota Kai. Then after the match, Zia Lee comes out, gets in Raquel Gonzalez's face, and challenges her to a match for that NXT Women's Championship, and Raquel Gonzalez accepts. I'm excited for this. Zia Lee, Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. You know, a lot of people would argue that Raquel Gonzalez and this title reign that she has, it's not the best. It's not the most exciting. She hasn't defended it very much. Um, so I don't know, man. It might be time to pass it on to Zia Lee. I don't know how long they plan on keeping the championship on Raquel. But I'm sure we'll find out in the near future. Uh, the next match we get is Tyler Russ and Bobby Fish. Right before the match, they showed a video package to the live audience of what happened earlier on in the day when the Diamond Mine was getting interviewed. Uh, Malcolm Bivens was talking about making money. You know, he likes money. Tyler Russ said he loves money. All of a sudden, they were approached by Bobby Fish getting in the face of uh, Roderick Strong. And then uh, Malcolm Bivens would then break it up and say, you're going to go up against Tyler Rust. Some sort of an open challenge laid out by the Diamond Mine and Bobby Fish would answer. So we get Tyler Rust versus Bobby Fish. And uh, Bobby Fish early on hit Rust with a series of hard kicks and suplexes until Roderick Strong gets up on the apron to distract. And at that point, Rust hit Fish with a chop block and then a kick to the head and Tyler Rust would pick up the victory. Um, in a pretty quick match, pretty straightforward. It, 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 what I learned from the match automatically was, oh, and let me say this, cause they mentioned this in the little promo earlier, Malcolm Bivens did in the promo that was, that was shot and, uh, put up on their socials earlier in the day. Uh, Malcolm Bivens, um, called Roderick Strong, the fighter. He called, uh, Suzuki. The coach, and then he called Tyler Russ the um, I don't know something like the youth or something like the up and coming youth or some shit like that. I don't know, but I thought that that was interesting. Um, of course, uh, Roger Strong is going to be out there looking out for Tyler Russ, and so I had no problems with him getting involved. I kind of expected it, especially with the history between Strong and Fish. Um, after the match, though, it looked like Diamond Mine were going to all get in there and attack Fish, but then Kushida comes out for the save. And for a minute, I thought uh, Bobby Fish was going to... I thought it was a setup. I thought Fish was going to attack Kushida, and then they're all going to get in there, and then Fish was going to join the Diamond Mine. And honestly, I, I was like, it makes sense because Fish literally has nobody and nothing to do. Um, so, yeah, I expected it, but that did not happen. Doesn't mean it can't happen in the future, though. Um, uh, next thing we got going is uh, Samoa Joe approaching Karrion Cross as he's backstage working out, getting ready for his match. He tells him to follow the rules, make sure he understands. Karrion Cross ignores him and continues punching the punching bag. Joe then kicks the bag and asks Cross if he understands again. Cross then says if he gets screwed out of the match, he'll be the first one who's dealt with. 
I'm like, oof. These two really don't like each other. Cross, rather, doesn't really like Joe. I don't think Joe gives a fuck about carrying Cross. Um, we then see the way arriving at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Beth Phoenix talking to Indy Hartwell. She says, sometimes you need to take a chance, obviously talking about Dexter Loomis. Um, we then get another women's division match. Uh, Gigi Dolan versus Saray. And a pretty good, um, very, very uh, fast pace women's division match. Saray with a headlock early to start the match. Arm drag takedown. Then Dolan hits a takedown of her own. During the match, Mandy Rose from Monday Night Raw would come out. And this was quite bizarre because I'm like, what the hell is going on? Is Mandy Rose a part of the NXT brand now? Um, I don't know. I It's cool. If she is, I think it's great because obviously they just lost um, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox over to SmackDown. Um, so it would be nice if Mandy went over to NXT. However, it does split up Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, which would then leave a very limited number, if not no tag teams on the Raw brand that would be able to challenge for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll Hopefully, later on this week, we get some clarity on that whole situation. Um, Saray took complete control of this match from that point, though. She hits Gigi with a uh, diving drop kick, then follows it up with a high-angle slam, and then Saray covers Dolan to get the win. Mandy Rose walks away after the match. We have no idea, you know, what that was all about or what her plans were or anything like that. After that, we get a backstage promo with Legado del Fantasma talking to San, uh, uh, Santos Escobar says that he wants the North American championship. They talk a shitload of crap about uh, the cipher that Hit Row had last week. Then he calls Dexter Loomis a loser, and he says he failed in love, and now he's going to fail in the ring. And then they walk away and head off to the ring for the match. So we get Dexter Loomis versus Santos Escobar. And again, in another normal NXT match, like it just felt normal to see Dexter Loomis because it seemed like he was on the rise prior to that. He, you know, was becoming one of the regulars, one of the normals. Santos Escobar, again, not waiting too long to put him back on TV, so I like it. The match started with Loomis just standing there. He then takes a kick from Santos Escobar. Dexter hits a Thez press on him, and then Santos rolls out of the ring. He then sends Mendoza and Wild to handle Loomis. They go break off on opposite sides of the ring, walking towards where Loomis was, but Loomis had crawled under the ring and pulled Santos uh, but at that point, Santos was able to escape with the help of Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. And then they had a quick commercial break. After the break, Santos was in control. He hits a hurricane run on Dexter Loomis from the top rope, pins him for a near fall, gives him a series of clotheslines, and then a trifecta suplex attempt. When Dexter Loomis tried to reverse, Santos then hit him with a backstabber. Dexter Loomis hits him with a big clothesline. Joaquin Wilde then gets on the apron. Raul Mendoza pulls Santos out of the ring as Loomis attempts a silencer. 
Referee all confused. Everybody's all confused. Joaquin Wilde then pulls the arm of Dexter Loomis against the ring post as Dexter Loomis was trying to go on the outside and take care of um, of uh, Joaquin Wilde. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, not Joaquin Wilde. He was trying to take care of um, Raul Mendoza. Um, so, yeah, he pulled his arm against the ring post. Santos Escobar then drags him back into the ring and hits a phantom driver for the win. Santos Escobar wins this match in a pretty good match. Like I said, it just felt normal, felt like it was back to normal, felt like NXT was hitting on all cylinders thus far. Uh, They go to commercial, and then they come back, and they show what happened during the break, uh, which showed Indy Hartwell coming out to basically carry uh, Dexter Loomis like he carried her. Um, after losing the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. She picked him up, took like maybe three or four steps, and then collapsed as he was too heavy. And then she leaned over kind of right over his face and looked like she was going to give him a kiss, but then Candice LeRae would come out and push her away, push her off. Looks like Candice LeRae is cock-blocking, trying to keep her away from Dexter Loomis. I don't know where this is going to lead. I don't know if Indy's going to end up splitting from the way. Or if Indy's going to somehow set up Dexter Loomis. And, you know, maybe this could be all be a plot. You know, I don't know. They kind of walked away from that whole story with the way and Dexter Loomis. They kind of like, just, kind of just disappeared. So I hope they get back to it and basically tell us and show us what they're going to do. And don't just forget about it. Like normal WWE stuff. Um, at that point, Hit Row, um, this was before the break, Hit Row came out. Uh, and they argued with Legado del Fantasma on the stage as they went to the back. We got a sit-down interview with Wade Barrett, just a brief one. Uh, Wade Barrett interviewing Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly talks about how he noticed some things. It has to be different after we watching his match against Adam Cole last week. Um, so that was interesting. Kind of feel like Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole aren't done, but then at the same time, they still can be. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see about that. We get a um, NXT breakout tournament match, Duke Hudson of, against Jiro. I think it's, is it Ikeman? Ikeman Jiro? I think that's it. Um, the match began with uh, Jiro going right after Duke Hudson. Um, Hudson, a big dude, had uh, Jiro on his shoulders, drops him down on the ropes, kind of like a snake eyes, and then a big punch. Looked like a, it was like a forearm punch, uh, taking Jiro down hard. Jiro uh, eventually gets up, getting some offense in. Hudson uh, gets himself stuck on the ropes until uh, the ref breaks the hold. Uh, Jiro had him in like a tarantula. Hudson hits Jiro with a overhead belly to belly suplex. Jiro gets back up and hits a springboard top rope moonsault on the outside. Looked like he kind of messed up his ankle, but. Played it off. It's pretty good. Um, Jiro then hit Hudson with two big kicks to the face. Uh, Jiro then goes for a third, but Hudson meets him with a boss man slam. Beautiful boss man slam for the win. And Duke Hudson advances in the NXT breakout tournament. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Duke Hudson, Duke Hudson was in NXT before. Um, Brendan Vink, he also uh, 
He also went by the name uh, Elliot Sexton. So he's back. And that's cool. Big dude advancing the tournament. Uh, Jiro was very entertaining. Uh, he wrestled with his jacket on the entire time, kept holding it. Every strike he like every strike he punched with, it looks like he held on to that jacket. So that's why, to me, it looked like a bunch of forearms. But he was really exciting. It was really cool, really jumpy, hit all of his moves. Some of them looked very dangerous, but he was able to capitalize and, and, and you know, uh, um, you, you know, he was able to hit them all. So that was cool. Um, so, yeah, Duke Hudson gets the victory. We get a backstage promo with Pete Dunn and Oni Lorcan. Pete Dunn says that he will be coming after Cross and Gargano. Then Timothy Thatcher pops up and asks Dunn a question, and then out of nowhere, Tommaso Ciampa comes flying after Pete Dunn and Lorcan, starting a brawl, and then security breaks it up as we go to break. So I don't know what the hell's ha- happening and going on with that. Um, after break, though, we get uh, Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah versus uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter again for original, normal NXT faces that we were so used to seeing prior to, you know, all the all the other bullshit back on NXT TV in a meaningful spot, by the way. Uh, this match began with Casey Catanzaro going right in, gets taken down right away with the Northern Lights suplex. Aaliyah and Kamea are in complete control. And uh, Casey Catanzaro was taking some punishment here, just getting her ass kicked by uh, Aaliyah. Um, Caden Carter gets tagged in eventually. She takes down Aaliyah. Robert Stone hands his shoe to Aaliyah, and then Caden Carter stops her from using it. Carter then tags in Casey Catanzaro, and Casey hits a 450 splash on Aaliyah while while Caden Carter was, like, holding on to her. It was kind of like a neckbreaker 450 splash combination. And Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter would Carter. Uh, uh, what the fuck is that? Carter. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Try saying that a hundred times fast. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter would pick up the victory. After the match, though, Aaliyah was fed up. She finally had enough of Robert Stone and the Robert Stone brand. And she attacked Robert Stone. Just after she screamed at him and said that she made him, she's done everything. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if she said she made him. But she was screaming and saying that she's done everything for him. Um, so, yes, yeah, she attacked him. And then uh, she got a standing ovation from the crowd at the CWC. And that was nice to see. Me and my wife talk all the time about how we used to watch Aaliyah on, uh, what was it, a breaking ground. And um, Aaliyah, this is when she was noomph. And she's been with the company for a long fucking time. And so it's about damn time. And honestly, what better time? You don't have no Shotzi. You don't have no Tegan. You don't have no, uh, I forgot about this. You don't have no Tony Storm. So this is a perfect time to branch Aaliyah off of the Robert Stone brand and um, let her go on her own and, and, and be a star. But what happened after the attack was what was interesting. Frankie Monet comes out and talks to Jesse Kamea as her and Robert Stone are talking as he's trying to gather himself as he's still inside the ring. Kamea then leaves with her, followed by Robert Stone. So at this point, I'm like, is 
she joining the Robert Stone brand? Is she taking Jesse Kamea and are they going to do their own thing and leave Robert Stone? I'm like, Robert Stone should just fucking hit up Eva Marie and see if he can get a job with her or something. It could be Eva Marie, Robert Stone, and Dewdrop. It could be the Robert Stone, Robert Dewdrop. <laughs> Never mind, that was bad. <laughs> Um. Uh, <laughs> we go backstage and we get Samoa Joe giving instructions to Johnny Gargano along with the way um, they're talking about their new t-shirts they're just talking 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 like they always do Joe walks away and at that point he's confronted by Pete Dunne and they have a stare down as he does with everybody I mean he can go with Dunne he can go with Cole, he can go with Cross. He can literally Joel has a setup feud with literally everybody in the NXT right now. It's a beautiful thing. Like I always say, I'm I'll never get tired of a stare down with Samoa Joe and anybody. Um speaking of anybody, speaking of Adam Cole, Adam Cole um would make his way to the ring saying he's done with O'Reilly, calls out Samoa Joe, talks about, you know, how much he doesn't like Samoa Joe. But then out comes Bronson Reed. Reed tells Cole that he considers him a golden opportunity. And at that point, Adam Cole tries to kick him. Reed whips Cole into the ropes and then runs him over. Then Cole rolls out of the ring. And then Joe's music hits and Cole stares at him as he makes his way down to the ring to get ready to be the special referee for the NXT Championship match. Um, but right before this match... Uh, we get a backstage segment once again, again, feeling real NXT-ish, you know, building stories, developing stories, things like that. I love this about NXT. We go backstage, get a segment with uh, Robert Stone, Jesse Kamea, and Frankie Monet leaving the CWC arena. And they're then stopped by, um, I forget who the commentator, not commentator, but I give her the backstage a correspondent was, um, asked about Aaliyah and leaving the brand and things like that. And at that point, they are stopped and approached by Mandy Rose, who says it looks like the brand is under new management and walks away. Now, I like this because what does it do? It leaves us thinking like, okay, is Mandy Rose? Okay, obviously Mandy Rose got to be a part of the NXT brand or is she? Is Mandy Rose going to be somehow involved with the Robert Stone brand or is she not? I don't know. She said it looks like the brand is under new management. Look dead in the eyes of Frankie Monet. Is Frankie Monet going to lead the Robert Stone brand going forward? Who knows? I like it. Either way, already putting Mandy Rose in something, something meaningful. At least it feels that way. A lot better than fucking giggling and laughing half-naked backstage at Raw, not getting an opportunity to go after those Raw tag team titles after I don't know how many segments her and Dana Brooke have cut. Uh, going up against um, Natalia and Tamina. Um, but we finally get to the main event, Johnny Gargano and Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Um, and if, obviously, you already know the outcome of this match, but let's talk about it. Johnny Gargano goes right after Karrion Cross. Samoa Joe calls for the bell to start the match. It looked like he almost forgot to call the bell, though. Uh, Karrion Cross takes Johnny Gargano down to the ground. Tosses him around, does all that stuff. You know how Karrion Cross is. Very, very, very uh, aggressive in his offense. Gargano gets some offensive in eventually and runs away from him. Gargano then turns around 
uh, and then Cross hits him with a big boot on the outside, right to the face. Johnny Gargano sold that tremendously, in my opinion. Um, Karrion Cross goes for another big strike on Gargano, but misses and goes into the steel steps. Cross recovers. Then he slams down Gargano onto the commentator's desk. Samoa Joe tells Cross to get back in the ring or he would start the count as Gargano is trying to recover. Karrion Cross would maintain control until Gargano moves out of the way in the corner and Cross hits the steel post shoulder first. Seems like he's always taking that spot. I love when people take that spot. It always makes me cringe. It's like, oh, fuck, that shit looks like it hurts. Um, you got to sell it right, though. Gargano hits a stand-up insiguri, and then he hits a moonshot, uh, a moonshot spear. Gargano then hits Cross with a dive through the middle ropes onto the outside. Um, so that was cool. You know, Johnny Gargano is going to get his shit off. He's going he's gonna to do the dives through the ropes. He's going to do the tornado DDTs and all types of shit, right? Cross then goes back in the ring, and then he hits Gargano with a Northern Lights suplex, then a vertical suplex. Cross then throws some heavy shots in the lower back of Gargano. Cross looks to go for a doomsday Saido, but Gargano counters it into a cross body. Then we get Gargano hitting Cross with a pendulum swinging DDT. Like I said, Johnny Gargano is always going to get his DDTs in every single time. Cross puts the cross jacket on him, but Gargano escapes. He then applies a submission hold again, but then Gargano makes it to the ropes. Cross won't let go of the submission, so Samoa Joe is after the fourth count or whatever count or whatever he counted to. Samoa Joe is forced to pull him off. They have a stare down. Cross gets in Joe's face. They have some words. Cross then hits Gargano with three power bombs, three vicious power bombs, and then hits Gargano with a doomsday Saito. He then pins Gargano and wins the match. And still the NXT champion, Karrion Cross. Now, again, some of us kind of figure that. If you're watching the match, you should have known, okay, yeah, <laughs> Karrion Cross is definitely retaining this NXT title, but it wasn't until what happened after the match what made things interesting and something for you to look forward to in the future of NXT, especially if you're a Samoa Joe fan. After the match, Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross have words face-to-face in each other's face. Samoa Joe then turns around to leave the ring. Karrion Cross attacks him and then puts Joe to sleep with the cross jacket. Karrion Cross holds up the championship over a unconscious Samoa Joe body, and NXT goes off the air. Boy, oh boy, am I ready to see Samoa Joe get back in the ring. And I don't know if this means that he'll get back in the ring as quickly as I think, but it's most definitely setting it up. It's most definitely setting it up, and I couldn't be more excited for Samoa Joe, for us as fans, finally getting some cool shit back in NXT again, um, not having to worry about ratings or anything like that. Me, personally, I don't really give a fuck about the ratings. I don't care about the ratings. I don't. I don't tweet the ratings. I don't talk about the ratings. I don't do none of that shit. I don't care. I just like the wrestling that I watch. I like wrestling. Yeah, if I don't like some shit, I'm going to say it, but I don't really care about it. And tonight, I liked NXT. In fact, I loved NXT. Um, Like I said, it felt very um, like NXT was back to normal. I said that on a past episode. Um. 
But tonight really, really felt like NXT was back to normal. And hopefully we get an announcement for another takeover soon, maybe closer to SummerSlam, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, and then, like, is are they going to run TakeOver in Vegas with SummerSlam? Are they going to run it at the CWC? I don't know. A lot of people, That's that's been the debate on Twitter about NXT as of late, as if they should continue to run at the CWC or if they should leave the CWC, go back to full sale, if they should tour. I think NXT should take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Keep doing your own thing. Don't try and run to tour just to compete with AEW or anybody else. Stay in your lane. If you don't have to go back to full sale, don't do it. Stay in the CWC. Um, Continue to create those moments. Continue to build those new stars. Like I said, the draft is coming up, man. So I don't know how many of these guys and girls from NXT are going to remain on the brand um, going into the fall. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed NXT. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the review. I enjoyed reviewing the show because I absolutely enjoyed the show. Um, Make sure you guys follow me on all socials, at Within the Ropes, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Tomorrow, the grind doesn't stop, man. We got AEW Fighter Fest Night 1. Super excited about that. Um, We got the first ever coffin match between Ethan Page and Darby Allin. We get to hear from Hangman um, and a whole lot of other shit. So that's exciting. This whole week, man, is going to be a fucking grind. This whole week is going to everybody. You got to everybody's got to pay close attention and be on their radar. You never know what could happen. Who's going to show up on what brand? You know, who's going to debut? What's going to happen? What news is going to break? Anything. Who's going to lose their championship? A lot of championships on the line, uh, futures. Uh, every, a lot of people's futures are on the line, everything, man. So I'm excited about this week and this weekend. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned, man. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. Again, follow me on the socials at Within the Ropes. Uh, follow, me, follow my personal page at Brian Tronic. Um, I got some cool things in the works. Um soon i'll be announcing some some cool things soon also subscribe to the youtube page man go to youtube type in within the ropes podcast and hit the subscribe button every episode is going to be able or uh, um, rather available on youtube so if you're listening on you know apple Podcasts or spotify or 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 soundcloud or, or or anywhere that you're listening to your podcast um, if you want to make it easier for you, if you like YouTube or even if you don't listen to it on there, hit the subscribe button. There's going to be some cool things there coming soon. So you don't want to miss out. Subscribe there. Um, tune in. Sit tight. Because Charlotte Flair is going to become the 14 time women's champion this Sunday. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is going to become the 14-time women's champion this Sunday. And I don't care what nobody say because the Queen City is the greatest in-ring and outside-the-ring women's performer that I have ever seen in my life. She's going to prove it when she destroys and just takes. She's going to wipe the ground. She is going to clean up Fort Worth, Texas. 
with Rhea Ripley on Sunday. I guarantee that. How's that for data? Or what did he say? Take that for data. No, he said, how's that for data? 